This is the Animals Eye View podcast, and I'm your host, Lizanne Flynn. Before we get started on today's podcast, I want to give a shout out to those of you who have signed up for my quarterly newsletter, and for those of you who may have found your way into the Facebook page, the Animals Eye View, same name as the podcast, I'd welcome you to follow me on Twitter. I've also got a Instagram account, although to be honest with you, I <laughs> I normally post food things, I'll just be really honest with you, or sometimes nature things on Instagram. And I've also got um, uh, a LinkedIn page for those of you who happen to be on LinkedIn. It's all under um, my name, Lizanne Flynn. And um, in the quarterly newsletter that's going to be coming out on the spring equinox, I think the second week in March, March 19th, 21st, 22nd, something like that. Um, there will be an announcement for events that are coming up. I've got some local Reiki Level 1 classes that I'm going to be starting in April or May. I'm just finishing up one session of Reiki classes, finishing up with the Reiki Master Level class. And I'm also having some thoughts about doing some, I guess we would might call them gallery readings, uh, webinar type of things you know, taking a subject at a time, animal communication, mediumship, medical intuitive, and kind of opening up for everybody at a nominal fee and just kind of seeing what energy comes out. Um, But again, thank you all so much for your support. Um, I do appreciate it. You might be thinking, well, Lizanne, you should really leave kind of the politics out of animals. But it's really interesting because There's definitely, of course, um, most animals, most species on the planet, well, a fair number of them anyway, being herd animals, just like humans are herd animals, that what one does in a group can tend to influence those around that individual within a particular group. And sooner or later, sometimes, what happens within a particular species is that there's a quorum that's established. And a quorum meaning that the majority of the group has decided to follow or go in the direction of what one member of the species is doing. And I may have, I know I've told before, the story about Henry, the mountain lion, who was the very first animal in the wild that I had connection with and communicated with. And really in this life's experience, although maybe there will be more, I'm hoping there will be more, I want there to be more connection with animals in the wild, this really kind of tends to stand out head and shoulders at least among the ones that I've already experienced to date. And the reason for that, when I connected with Henry, there was an instantaneous and kind of 
overwhelming in energy aspect to his connection with all the other at least animal beings on the planet and the energy as I've said before was off the charts and it was so interesting to me that even though Henry was in his beingness on this planet he was a mountain lion they tend to be solitary different say for instance from like uh, zebras or even other like big cats like lions who tend to develop prides and the lions the lionesses hunt um, etc etc but it was interesting to me that Henry had an awareness of in that moment of where every other animal being on the planet was in connection to himself and it wasn't that Henry was above or below or better than or worse than all the other animal beings on the planet. He simply saw himself as a part of all those other animal beings on the planet and even more so he saw himself as having not really I don't think it's a responsibility but an awareness of I'm a vital component and a vital part of this overall what we might call planetary web and it wasn't also just coming from the place of Henry being a predator on the planet he had a definite consciousness and a definite awareness of being um, part of a much larger group than he for instance would normally be a part of say like within his own species again mountain lions tending to be uh, solitary and I think especially with what's going on right now in the country at least here in the United States um, we we have a lot of talk about politics we uh, obviously have a lot of politics going on within different uh, various parties and it got me to thinking about the lenses through which animals happen to see the rest of the planet and how those are really dramatically different than the lenses through which humans see the rest of the planet and I think to a certain extent the only lens through which animals see the rest of the planet is as the title of the podcast suggests who am I without you in other words the consciousness of animals tends to be collective I don't think it's as an aside necessarily um, a coincidence that a good majority of the other animal species on the planet happen to be matriarchal in nature I think there was points in time most definitely history will attest to when the human species was also matriarchal in nature I'm thinking of particularly the Minoan civilization there certainly are indigenous tribes where it's very clear that the lineage is um, matrilineal and matriarchal in nature to a certain extent the only lens through which they see the other species on the planet including ourselves has to do with partnership and with energy in other words as Henry saw the, himself through the lens of all the other species on the planet who am I without you and the really interesting thing about that is that the lenses through which humans see not only ourselves I think but also the rest of the planet tend to be lenses like uh, a system of beliefs 
by that I'm referring to religion. I think there's also a system of philosophies. I think science happens to be one of those philosophies. To be clear, I think that probably science, at least in my estimation, a little bit more than religion, has served a purpose and did serve a purpose at one point in time. But I don't think one can necessarily deny the fact that our system of beliefs and our system of philosophies has continued to exacerbate our intentional separation out from all the other species on the planet. And it got me to thinking, there was a a New York Times article, and I'll post the link, and I'm hoping that you all can read the New York Times article. They do this thing where, are you a subscriber? And they ask you to log in and pay for the script, uh, subscription even if it's online. So I'm hoping that you'll be able at least to read the article. But it talked about the quorum, and it talked about how bees, when, for instance, in a hive and a new queen is born or created, well, you can't have two queens in the same hive, as any bee would know. And so there's a certain portion of the hive then that separates off and leaves the first part of the hive where the old queen might be or again for whatever reason and a swarm is created and so sometimes in the springtime we'll see these swarms and hopefully human beings will call in beekeepers because beekeepers know exactly what to do and they understand what's happening. Uh, to a certain extent the article talked about meerkats and how they kind of as they forage for food even on an individual basis they will vocalize to each other and send out signals that say hey I'm kind of heading off in a different direction for different food and I'm hoping that you'll come with me and it looks like the food is a lot more plentiful over over here they the article gives other examples of animals forming a quorum and at least from my perspective that's in stark contrast to how humans are if we were to happen to use the term political and there's definitely some articles that I ran across and one opinion blog actually that was also posted at the New York Times again I'm hopeful that you're going to be able <laughs> to read it where it talks about the fact that, again, philosophers like Aristotle said, okay, uh, humans coming together in a poly slash, um, or in air quotes, city slash state, that then forms a, a political, if you will, uh, point of view, a consciousness, I guess, an awareness of how are we going to do this as a group. And I think to a certain extent, of course, animals do that as well. Um, you see it in elk, you see it in apes, you see it in beehives, you see it in ant colonies. You see that, yes, there is a hierarchy. For instance, in wolf packs, there usually is one breeding pair, an alpha female and her alpha male mate, and then there are other wolves in the pack that have other duties. The interesting thing, though, is that that's where I think animals kind of tend to split off from humans and I don't think it serves us and I, I'm fairly certain I know <laughs> for a fact from the animals perspective they don't look this as look at this as power whereas humans I think inherently then seek 
to claim power and to a certain extent kind of wield that over others and then the wheels really kind of come off and we have enslavement, we have uh, persecution of other belief systems and even though we're all just one species and quite frankly we're all one uh, race animals aren't interested in power what they are interested in is how can I make this group of which I am a part as strong as possible and as viable as possible whether I am predator and prey because I understand the role that I play on the planet my role just as Henry would say uh, that I play on the planet is to get myself into the best possible position not only for myself individually but for the group that I'm a part of and even beyond that because I understand that I serve a purpose on this planet and because I understand so very clearly what my role is here on this planet and I think from time to time humans have talked about uh, egalitarianism we've talked about which is again everybody being viewed as equal in a society and I have to say I don't think animals would necessarily subscribe to the egalitarian where everyone is equal rather they understand that every single species is in equity and I guess maybe even to take that a step further equity partnership with the, every other being and every other species on the planet in other words they know that an ant has different needs than say for instance an ant eater and so it's not about giving equality which equality says I'm going to give the same thing to the ant that I give to the ant eater that the animals would say well the ant needs different things than the ant eater does they are still in partnership with each other and so we are going to do this in an equitable fashion and we are going to make sure that the ant gets what it needs and the ant eater gets what he or she needs and again I think it's striking that even with humans we kind of tend to then take our system of belief and beliefs plural and our philosophies and we tend to kind of try and overlay them onto animals and we say well of course animals are in political meaning again going back to the living in a city-state with each other but our default is individual as consciousness the default of all the other animal beings plant beings frankly as well as crystal beings on the planet and the planet herself are in relation to how is everyone else doing on the planet and I think that to a certain extent that definitely re requires some vulnerability right that requires an ability to say yes here I am for instance in the case of mountain lion the mountain lion understands that it is both predator as well as prey it may not have that many other predators but at the same time it also understands that I'm going to avail myself of whatever food sources I have here on the planet because I know that by eating the prey and by ingesting the prey not only on an energetic level do I become one with that prey and that prey becomes one with me 
but I also serve to balance out the numbers of that particular prey. That particular prey in turn balances out the number of its predators as well as prey and we go on and on and on. It's much less of, I think, a power struggle that humans tend to have with each other and certainly with other groups on the planet because again our species hasn't yet quite figured out that we need to define ourselves from the standpoint of who am I without you. In other words every single one of us is dependent upon every single one of the other of us in order to have the best possible experience for as long as we're here on the planet. And from that perspective, I think the animals have a lot to teach us if we would but ask them to teach us. And perhaps if we weren't so concerned with gathering power for ourselves simply so we can stay in the place where we perceive that we are best served, which is on top of everybody else. And on that point, I don't think the animals could possibly disagree more because they've understood that that position in and of itself causes an incredible amount of stress. It causes worry, it causes strife, tends to draw all of my little cubits of, okay, so this is mine and that's yours. And so you can see how that kind of leads you into a place of perceiving that there's lack on the planet where animals would most definitely and clearly say that there is nothing but abundance on the planet pretty much for everybody who chooses to be here and I think the earth herself would most definitely agree. I'm Lizanne Flynn and this has been the Animals Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.